The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. When we talk about bigger picture, it's nice to surround yourself with people who live in that way. That's true. And it's really nice because through them living their bigger picture, I'm really celebrating their successes. I was reading in a book and they said, celebrate the people that support you during times of success because it's easy for them to celebrate you when you're not successful and failing because then they feel useful. If I close my eyes... Am I doing what I want to be doing? Yes or no? Yeah. And then if I'm not, then is there something I'd rather be doing? Then the question is, what might that look like? The degree to which we dream is almost how willing are we to almost be crazy. So in that way, we dream as far as we can dream. It's a wonderful chaos. And the atheist pray? It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. So this is a show where the guests probably didn't see the email. Well, I mean, they, you know, the thing is, a guest will get an email, and then I'll say, you want to be on our show three months from now. And so between now and three months, a lot of stuff happens. Yeah. And maybe, I, maybe the guy's fighting a fire. Exactly. And we know there's a lot of fires, actually. So it could very well be that there's a fire that he's Around fighting. the corner from my house today, uh-huh. there was a fire on the third floor. And the two people actually had to jump out of the window. No. Yeah. And they were burned pretty bad. Are you serious? I just heard about it. My neighbor told me, you didn't hear, you didn't see anything. I'm like, Jesus, I'm in my own little world. No, I didn't see anything. That's amazing. Ronnie is all into this show called Chicago Fire. So I feel like I'm watching fires uh, daily nowadays. Yeah. So we don't have a title yet. We don't have a title yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a title once we get into the show. So welcome to an untitled show where we have no clue exactly what's going to happen, but we're sure it's going to be interesting. And it's going to be a wonderful chaos. It is a wonderful chaos. What's a subject which excites you? You know, I always keep a notepad with several subjects for exactly moments like this. And we can run through the subjects and see if one jumps out at you. Uh, I also have that list. Do you? Yeah, we we both have it. Oh, oh, it's a shared list. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we're going to look and let me just see some... um, some of the things that I have on my list. I have trusting our uh, trouble finding vulnerability in male relationships. Mm-hmm. I have trusting the bigger picture. Beautiful. I've got living in abstraction. Abstraction. Abstraction is when people take a simple concept and then they'll make it so abstract that it gets hard to deal with it anymore because it loses any sense of reality. Yeah. Then I've got overthinking things, which is probably similar to living in abstraction, but a little bit different. 
here's an interesting one, which I don't necessarily want to get into today. Entitlement and victimization. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a heavy, heavy duty one. <laughs> and then I had another one. Underachievers manifesto was just was like a, a, a one that hit me. The difference between holding space and re-traumatizing. <laughs> re-traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, I have fish love, which I, I always love, but I think we need to prepare for that show. Really? Fish yeah. Love. Because it was a video that I saw online that was so wonderful. If you haven't seen it, I wanted to start the show with that. Fish love. Labels. I think labels are really nice. And well, you we discuss that sometimes on shows. Yeah. Uh, the concept of not a match. That's one that we, I thought would be really nice to dig into. Okay, let's just stop there. Okay. So there's three titles which I like. Give me. Okay, go so, ahead. So there's not a match labels and trusting the bigger picture excite me. Say that again. The three that excite you. Labels. Labels. Not yeah. a match. Not a match. And trusting the bigger picture. <clears throat> I, I'd like to I'd like to take labels off the table because it just feels like something that a heavier discussion. The other two I can dig into. So if you have one that you have a preference, then we'll jump on one of the one you like more. Give me a number of one or two. Two. Trusting the bigger picture. Trusting the bigger picture. Nice. Yeah. So. When you came up with this title, I'm assuming it's having a vision of what life can look like. For example, your experience with the house in Spain. Yeah. And following that without even knowing if it's going to manifest or not. Yeah. I, I've seen when I when I talk about trusting the bigger picture, mm -hmm. I also use another terminology is that I'll often set an intention but I won't necessarily focus on the goal. Example. So the example would have been the house in Spain. Yeah. So setting an intention. The intention was, it was a broader intention. I said, I want to have a place that I can live half of my time in a year. I want it to be green. I want it to have nature. I want to be able to grow my own vegetables. I want it to be warm. I'd like to have a community mm -hmm. around me that I would like to interact with, but not be forced to interact with. I'd like it to be easy to take care of. So I don't have to be worried when I'm not there. Yeah. So that was all the details that were in the back of my mind. And then I felt each time I went to a place, does this feel like it's checking all of these boxes? And funnily enough, the place that did check it was Orkiva, which we went to together yeah. two years ago. And I still didn't force it in that direction because what I've learned in my, in my, uh, in my life is that when I force things, then it tends to be more of a struggle. And if I wait to see that everything feels right, then I'm always staying in connection through a process. I'm always enjoying it. Patience. Yeah. It also requires patience, which is interesting because Ronnie and I will have challenges sometimes 
because Ronnie really likes things to be well organized and executed at times. Yeah. This case, she was a little bit, she, she didn't. She surrendered to you. She surrendered to me on this one. And then she'd asked me, where are we on the project? And I said, there's nothing that feels good at the moment. There's nothing that's drawing me in. And, um, and then if you would force a trip to go there and then go with a real estate agent, what I, what I feel in myself is I feel constriction because I'm not feeling like I'm feeling like I'm being pushed in a direction where I'm not even actually sure if the, the place is right yet. Mm. Slow that down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can actually see and feel why you would say that because having an individual that's driving the the direction in a way mm-hmm. who could benefit from the situation, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, because they're interacting with you and Ronnie, you might even not feel if it's right or not anymore because yeah. you're kind of giving your agency to someone else. Does that match? Totally. I love that you you summarized it that way. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> Trusting the bigger picture. Yeah. So, and, and it's funny because that's the way that we traditionally do things is that we say, I want a house here. I'm going to find a real estate agent. I'm going to, and what I notice is as soon as I start putting things in, it's, it's not a bad thing, but what I'll notice is that, now someone like you just mentioned will start convincing me this is a great place. Oh, there's nothing better than this. And then all of a sudden I'm just let, not a, not in this position as, to let it unfold as easily. Mm. And of course I can always say to somebody, hey, thank you for showing me the house. I'm not interested. Yeah. But in this case, as you know, it went so well because I connected with the owner of the place that we purchased. And it was just an effortless connection. And, and, and everyone was trying to convince us not to trust each other because then they could take commission in the transaction. Because if you don't trust me, then you need to get uh, some real estate agent to yeah. represent you. And actually, you guys now are best of friends. You've yeah. been talking on the phone for hours. I know. You day. saw me on the phone with him for an hour and, t- and talking not about the house, but yeah. about life. And I mean, what was really sweet, I didn't even tell you this. On our last call, he knows that we're coming to... Uh, to the city to sign the contract uh, in in September. And he said, well, listen, I mean, of course you're going to come and stay at the house before the the night before you, you know, before we sign. So even going to spend the night together at the new house. Beautiful. And I just thought that was really sweet. And, and, and for me, that's what I'm looking for in my life is how, and those things, you can't force those things. They just, they, they sort of, they happen and then you sort of follow the flow and if they go well, then they keep going well. Yeah. Yeah. The force is kind of that masculine energy. Well, let, let, can I give it a label? Please. Toxic masculine energy that wants to get things done. Yeah. Uh, doesn't take anything to account as long as the goal is uh, achieved. Yeah. And on that journey, people might get hurt, stressed, uh, burned out just because Mm. it needs to happen. And then you get this place and all of a sudden the relationship has broken because you weren't looking after the relationship you were in while getting that house. The house was more important. Yeah. And and I I often look at this in terms of the polarity. And in a way, I, I don't really like the use of the word like toxic masculine 
because toxic obviously has an implication of some judgment toward like it's bad. So I would rather call it the masculine and the feminine Mm -hmm. or the polarity because we're, we're laying over, we're putting layers on, on, on a, on a term. So like, I, I always like layers to be the most accessible word that a person can identify with. So if I say a masculine or toxic masculine, there's a lot of people who might listen who might not even know what that means. Google. Yeah. But what, the word that I'd say more is when you see yourself have such a goal orientation, you want to get somewhere, you want to achieve something. And so you're so focused on getting to the outcome that how you get there becomes less important. So the polarity for me is being at peace with this moment against trying to get somewhere yeah and those are the things that i'll often see that'll that's a balancing act because you know it's not like that i don't want to get to places it's just the question of what energy is that taking me away from being present am i able to enjoy this moment even though i'm trying to or enjoying or going or doing something relaxing into the journey itself like the actual um, exploration of getting to a house or a relationship or a job is as joyful as achieving it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's the funniest thing. Cause Ronnie and I will have like little moments. Hey where Ronnie. She'll be, she's out there. <laughs> um, where she'll say to me, like, she'll be really sad if something doesn't go through. And I'll always mm-hmm. laugh and say, I had the greatest time in this process. The whole thing is a story. It's, it's, uh, it's just, it was fun. So in that way, I, I, I tend to enjoy a process and get less attached to an outcome than she will. And then, um, but she's, she's adapting. We're being, since we've been together, that's for sure. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, surrender. So now I'm curious about the word surrendering in connection to the bigger picture, surrendering. It sounds and feels like there's this. This is what I want, and now I'm going to let it go. But as I'm letting go, you you talked about intention. I'm feeding it. It's almost like you're creating a, a mood board in your in in, in your in your brain, in and you're brain. feeding into it. Yeah. So this and your body are connected too, and yeah. there's a surrender because life might give you something that is in alignment with what you want, but is not visually what you had in mind. But it clicks all the boxes yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. and this was one of the funniest talks we had with ronnie ronnie would say does the place does it should it be near to the ocean or in the mountains and i'd say i don't know (laughs) and she said well how, how can you not know and i said i know i'll know the feeling when i get there yeah i'll know i'll know what it feels like when i'm there and 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 it may be next to the ocean I'd love it if it were next to the ocean, but that wouldn't be the prerequisite. If there's a community that's there, it's easy to maintain. It's uh, it's a place I feel really good. Feels like home. It feels like home. Then that's it. And then if it wherever that is, it's it's independent. You you said something earlier that I didn't. I, I something came up. You mentioned surrender and big picture. I see them in my mind, having an overlap. And I also see a little nuance that I experience differently. Mm. When, when I'm thinking about surrender, it's a, it's a moment, something happens 
like I'll give, let's give an example. Um, today, today uh, for you that are just coming in, if you saw what uh, Bambos and I had gone through before coming on this show, it was pretty chaotic. We're, we're coming to you from a room we've never recorded from before. Um, we shifted the entire studio from upstairs to downstairs. And I've got uh, four people jumping around the building, some that are still here taking pictures and photographing the building. So there was a lot of stress. And I noticed that um, the guest wasn't showing up. So at some point, because there was so much out of control, I saw, wow, and now the guest isn't even showing up. Yeah. And, um, and it, there was the split second, like, oh, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And then there was a split second after that, like, oh, that's great. We'll figure it out when we're on the show. So that would be the first moment of surrender. Mm. That would be surrendering to a moment. Instead of an outcome and just trusting that it's going to come out. Just trusting that everything will be fine at this moment. And we'll figure it out together. Mm-hmm. That that's the that's the that's the first surrender that I would say. Yeah. And I would say trusting the bigger picture <laughs> is. So if I was going to put it as a, a d- d- sort of a separate distinction, the one is I'm letting go of whatever I thought it may make may have been or should have been or could have been like that. That I let go of. Yeah. On the other side, when I say I'm looking for a house in Spain, it's far more of a vision in the future that's sort of, I can kind of see it, but it's, it's, it's not so crisp that I can say, I got to fly to this location at this time to get this house. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the big picture. And I'll hold that lightly without forcing it because if it doesn't materialize, then I'm not going to act because then I would act from uh, a sense of wanting to get it done, not because it's the perfect moment, but because I just feel like I need to get this done and there's a different energy. So the surrender is one thing that I wanted to distinguish is just surrendering to what comes up in a moment. The big picture is allowing myself to hold a vision for how it could look and then feeling as if I'm moving in that direction, subtly small little steps without forcing it. And, but if it comes, I act immediately. Mm. So because you can feel like you can feel it, that it just feels right. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. That was it. And it was the, when we, when we decided to do this trip, it was very funny because as you know, we were on another trip, we were in Ibiza for vacation and I saw the house And I knew that was the house. So it was the weirdest situation to be in. I'm in Ibiza, enjoying myself, loving it. And before he left for Ibiza, I'm like, hey, it's a great opportunity to to look at houses. Like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. This is really our holiday. I didn't even remember that conversation. You said that to me and I don't even remember it. Yeah. And, uh, And then when I saw the property, it was, although we waited two years, I knew it was the place. And I knew because for two years I had kind of vision boarded. I love when you said the word vision board, because that's really how it was. It was kind of a vision board in my head that when it was the right place, it would materialize and it just materialized. And that was Ronnie and I cut our, in the middle of our trip. We took a trip within our trip to get to uh, 
to Malaga, which is the airport we flew to. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and I guess that was a, uh, a special. I, I, I love yeah. how excited you are. I am excited. <laughs> yeah, I guess because it was exciting because it was weird when... It's like you allowed yourself to dream and the dream came to be. And the dream came to be. But I, I never knew if it was going to come true. For two years, if nothing really appears, you know, you, you, and there's also a moment in time. Everything has to be at the right moment as well. I mean, you, you've got to also understand that Andy, Andy has also walked along the coast of the Netherlands. Yeah. And I remember also I came with you once, but also you, you did a lot of it by yourself and you went – and even looked at an area where there's potential houses. You were like, and yeah. you made a post, wow, Holland is beautiful. Yeah. So at that point, like, oh, fuck, he's going to stay in Holland. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I think you and Ronnie even went to stay we, somewhere. We went there. We went, spent the night, and then we looked at properties and things there. Just to feel it. Just to feel it. And, and it felt good. I mean, it, it, from places to live, it was a very nice place to be. And, and you know, when we, when we move out of... Amsterdam at some point, we might even go to a place that's in the north of, of the Netherlands. Hmm. What, I know, what I've learned about the Netherlands is it's a small place. Once you get out of Amsterdam, it's like it's very conservative and everyone is looking out the window at, you know, who's ever walking on the street talking, hey, did you see the other guy on the road? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Are there things in your life where you say there's big picture things going on for you? Definitely. Like, give me an example of some stuff you feel. Uh, the, the first thing that comes for me is um, I met someone. Okay. And I've always in my heart wanted to be connected to a woman from my country. Yeah. And in a way, that's also coming to, to be. Uh-huh. Um, she's actually flying this Friday to um, to spend some time together and get to know each other. Wow. And uh, I, I actually did write qualities that I wanted in a woman, and okay. she kind of embodies a lot of the qualities that I that excite me as a man, and also to have someone by my side that mm. also inspires me. Yeah. So that was one, and the second one, which is a little more materialistic has been uh actually two one has been my bank account nah. <laughs> since covid it, it's it, it it wasn't it wasn't a bank account that i wanted to even look at and s somehow every every day as i'm living my life and living in, in my business and doing cold emailing it's like oh i want i want to make my brain works like this now which before it didn't i want to make ten thousand in in by end of this month mm. And I'm like, fuck, I'm almost there. And I feel that excitement in the past that we've talked about. I wouldn't celebrate it. So yeah. I, would, I would stay in the collapse space. And I, I, I would be ashamed to even uh, celebrate money. Uh, uh, um, celebrating money as if money and uh, having a good uh, meal isn't the same thing. Yeah. And the other one was I called you on on Saturday, was it? I called you on Saturday and I just said, hey, Andy, I, I manifested a bicycle. Yeah. It's like yeah. I, I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew that what I wanted to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I wanted to pay for a carbon bike, 300 euros, 
really fast. And, you know, those bikes are normally a couple of thousand euros, actually more. And it, I, I, I bumped into a store and I walked in intuitively, never walked in there before. And That's incredible. The guy told me the price and I'm like, I want it. He looked at me like, don't you want to try it? I'm like, I want it. <laughs> I love that. But And I did try it and, and it, it was really good. You were yeah. as excited. I saw your eyes. They were lit. Yeah, I, I was excited because in a way, I'm hesitating to say this, but by hanging out with you and and like there's certain parts of how you live that inspire me. Mm. And through osmosis, I see that I am, it's like there's a, there's a fire in me that's building up and building up and no. building up. Yeah. And how do you, like, if you think about when you're feeling the fire and when you're not, what's the difference? Oh, I, I wouldn't say like that. I would say more, there's two states. One is fear-based okay. and I need to get somewhere. And the other one is I'm very present with where I am. And even though things are going good, let's say good conventionally, I also feel surrendered and the trust that whatever happens, uh, I can rebuild it now because yeah. I've had this experience. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the, I kind of would, it's funny. I don't know if I could separate the two, but I would say there's if living from fear mm. and, and I, that's a visceral feeling. If living from fear. Yeah. If people, if you can't connect to that in yourself, you really don't know what that feels like. I mean, in a way, Contraction in the uh, chest, heart beating fast, the, the, in your head, yeah, survival brain is, mode. Uh, brain is always active, like always telling stories. And each story feels so real. It's a, mm. it's a very uncomfortable place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I will also have that, that in my head, obviously. Yeah. And, and and I'll just sort of laugh at it a bit more. <laughs> yeah. I go, there you are. There, there is one more thing, though. Yeah. When we talk about bigger picture, it's nice to surround yourself with people who live in that way. <sighs> That's true. And I, I am blessed and I have two, three people right now in my life who I see once every two weeks. And I see you every day almost. And it's really nice because through them living their bigger picture, I'm really celebrating their successes. Mm. And and it's funny, I, I was reading in a book and they said, celebrate the people that that support you during times of success because it's easy for them to celebrate you when you're not successful and failing because then they feel useful. Uh huh. Does that make sense? You have to say that again. Um, celebrate the so people. so so th if you're having hard times it's more easy for people to support you because they feel useful and also yeah. but if you're successful they don't feel useful and if they're not doing so good in their own life then it's very difficult for them to um be happy for you okay i i don't have that so i uh, that's a foreign language to me you weren't bullied like <laughs> No, no. I mean, if I, if I, I don't know if I say it properly, but it would mean I'm happy when everyone around me is successful. Yeah. And no, I don't. No, 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 no. I think you missed the point. Oh, okay. And I don't feel that I'm not being useful 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What did I miss? I don't know then. Oh, I, I, I just, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> I would have to get the book out to, to, <laughs> to explain it to me. <laughs> he wanted to say this. I, I think, I think the one point that you did say that I connected to it, which I found was interesting, was that when someone is not having a good moment and they reach out to ask for help, what people don't realize is they're giving the other person a gift because that person in helping you gives their life meaning. Yeah. So in, in a way people don't realize that asking for help is really a, a gift you can give someone else. People don't realize that. Yeah. So say I need help. I need support. Like it's a, it's a often a, it's a show of weakness of course, for some. Yeah, I can do it by myself. Yeah, yeah. Very independent. So, yeah, that, that, that obviously I, I can identify with that. Uh, mm. I, I uh, f- at least now in my life, um, I, I love supporting people. And I noticed when I was first coaching or mentoring people, I would buy into the idea that I was helping them and that I needed to feel the gratification that I was helping somebody else. Like that would be something that I needed to feel to give my life meaning. And now you don't give a shit? Less, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say I don't give a shit. That's not true. My identity feels less tied to it. Hmm. Like if someone does, if, if I've coached somebody and apparently they're doing even worse than before we started, then I'm like, hey, I guess I'm just a shitty coach. You know what I mean? There's no like, and I'll I'll look for the areas where I see that I could change, improve, or adapt for that individual. Nice. And that, that's clearly also present. Yeah. Hmm. I've got a funny talk for you. I um, was helping a Cypriot man. Not me. Not, not <laughs> you, but I was helping a Cypriot man. And then he had a big breakthrough, which was really beautiful. So the Cypriot man asks me to have contact with his brother. So now... I have contact with the one Cypriot and then the second Cypriot. Now I've had contact with the second Cypriot and he had a big breakthrough. So now this morning, the mother of the two Cypriots calls and says, Hey, I want to talk to you now because my sons are doing well and I'd like to have a talk with you. So now I've got like a big Cypriot community that I'm now building around myself. You know what they said when in the eighties, they said, I'm really big in, in Japan. I feel like that's the I'm really big in Cyprus right now. Andy, when you come to visit me in Cyprus, we're going to be standing at the airport waiting for you with, uh, <laughs> exactly. with, with like banners. Everyone's going to say who's coming. You the, know? the wounded healer is coming. Yeah, the, the wounded, wounded healer. healer is coming. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was sweet, though, having mom say she wanted to call me because of the contact I had with her sons, which I thought was really, really beautiful. Sweet. Yeah, because if you think to yourself, if, I'm, if you're a mom, then, you know, you want to see your, your, your kids doing well, so... Hmm. It, was, it was really cool that she reached out. Hmm. Trusting the bigger picture, also going back to um, this trip that I'm taking, this new journey in life of living in Spain. Yeah. It's interesting because in saying I'm going to spend half of my life in a location I've never been to before, not knowing a lot of things 
there that will need to be answered, right? Insurance, getting a car, uh, you know, whatever the issues are that I'm not aware of yet. And, and also Mediterranean countries are not very punctual. Yeah. So you have to deal with that shit. For instance, all of it. And learning Spanish. Yeah. And is there an, an internet connection? I haven't, I haven't known if there's an internet yet. I don't even know if we can do the show while I'm there. I know that Elon Musk tells me that I can have a, a, uh, a satellite dish, but I don't even know if that's true. Um, but the, the thing that I was wanted to sort of share in it was that when we went to trusting the big picture, there was trusting the big picture of purchasing the house, but there's also trusting the bigger picture that Spain and living in Spain will be of some service to me of which I don't yet know. So you've said yes to something and you, you, you're still discovering what that looks like. Oh, beautiful. On some level, I have no fucking clue. Like, really? Like, I'm, I've got this. For those of you who are Duolingo, if you're looking for an app, Duolingo is an incredible way to learn a language. So basically, every day I spend a half an hour gamified. It's a gamification of learning a language. One of the smartest apps I've used in my life. And I come in, Ronnie's in one room. Hola, he's in the other room. Como se llama usted? <laughs> and, and, and she said, I've learned no sé, <laughs> which means don't know. <laughs> Did she? I don't even, she's farther ahead of me. Of course she does more. She's more diligent than I am when it comes to those things. But uh, if you haven't done it and you want a new language, I can tell you Duolingo is an incredible experience. Yeah. And uh, and what I what I dawned on me in doing it is that it took all of the attributes of Facebook where you're influenced, call it manipulated, but it's applied it to something where you actually get a benefit, which is in learning a language. Mm. Competitive championships, you get gems, you get time-based uh, activities, can, can all that. Comp- can you compete with your wife? You can, but I didn't want to be on the same, same as hers because I know she'd kick my ass, you know. She's on the damn thing way more than I am. I can't, I, I can't concentrate as long as she can. I just can't focus that length of time for, on a language, uh, at least. You yeah. Know. Trusting the bigger picture. Part of that title also refers back to a wonderful chaos for me. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. What comes up for you when we th- reflect back on a wonderful chaos? Oh, the- I remember when we were in the front room of the building and I said to you, it was the first day of lockdown. Okay. And I said, hey, Andy, we, we were having a talk. You were supporting me. And I'm like, hey, why don't we have these? Why don't we record these? I know we're recording them, but why don't we do a video and yeah. go live? So we'd start with Facebook lives with a phone, right? And a yeah. tripod. And uh, the fact that it even evolved into this, like from one moment to the next, we, we had lights, studio set up. Yeah. We had the uh, iPad, then it became a Mac, an iMac. Then we had m- proper mics. Yeah, we really like upped our game step by We still haven't upped the video though. We still, we're using a, a, a computer from 2008 right now. So, I mean, did you notice the video from yesterday? Did you see it? Mm. The quality of the video was much better because the camera and the new iPhone is obviously better than the one we're now using. So. Nice. I think it would be good for us to up our game on the camera thing at some point as well. Yeah. And uh, 
also when people say, oh, so are you, are you guys making money with it? Yeah, exactly. Gee, I love, I love how, like, I don't know what people are thinking when they see a podcast and like, wow, so you guys. How many downloads do you get? Yeah. How, how many followers do you have? How many, how many watch it live? Yeah. <laughs> we have an avid community of over 50-year-olds. <laughs> we have at least 10 people that follow us on Instagram. Uh, there's a few uh, in yeah. their 30s. Yeah, are there 30s? Yeah. I always like to say that we're Oprah to 10 people. That's my, that's my, um, that's my comment. <laughs> we're Oprah Winfrey to 10 people in the world. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the beauty of this, it, if, if there would be a moment where it doesn't make sense to do it anymore, just mm. because I'm in my country, you're in Spain, and, and just the internet connection sucks, yeah. then uh, there, there's also that space where we surrender, right? Yeah, that would be a surrender moment. It's just not meant to continue, Yeah, right? Which means watch us while you can, yeah. like us, follow us. <laughs> Share us. Whatever you, whatever you're supposed to do on, when we when we talk about these things, mm. yeah, I, I do feel like what you said is that it's uh, it's a moment, right? If we pushed it past its due date, I don't I don't think it's good for us or people watching because they'll just lose they'll lose the excitement of of the creativity, right? They don't yeah. want to hear the same story ten times, and and. I do have friends who have podcasts yeah. and, you know, we do a daily show. Like I can imagine, especially for one specific individual, the guest not showing up would be a very big deal. <laughs> yeah. There would be people who would say, oh, my God, what do I do? Especially if it's live, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I think rarely people do live podcasts. I think in general they record, they record them, they yeah. edit them just to get the fluff out. And yeah. there, there's a certain... Like we'll sit in silence if we don't know what to say. We're not going sure. to pretend. Yeah. I also laugh at the stories that we get because there was two days ago where they would have been a pretty, pretty fantastic story, but we'd already done that story and it would have been crazy to bring it on again. Which one? The how, how what are the odds of us finding two women oh. who do burlesque and are lawyers? Like, what are the odds? Like, you know, how is it like burlesque is a, you know, lo, being a lawyer is a gateway drug to, to being a burlesque dancer. And, and she's a criminal lawyer. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it, I just think it's hysterical that we have two people back, both the same background. Now, now you realize how many shows we've done, because if we've already got the, the lawyer bures, uh, uh, burlesque singer, like what are the chances of getting the second one? <laughs> We're, what? How many shows have we done? Uh, Today is the 250th show. Wow. This would have been a great centennial type of thing where we could have brought on shows that we love from the past even. Let's do it for the 300. You want to do a 300 show? Yeah. I think 300 show. Mm. There's been really good shows since we got back from our hiatus. Yeah. I was asked by Cass Midgley, the editor, if there was any shows that he felt like we should not edit and i said no I, I i really found that all of our shows coming back were really good yeah yeah that's another one because cass was having some challenges in his own life cass and, is our is our editor he yeah. he uh, he, ed he cuts down the he edits the video or the audio the, the so that they can go 
So if you ever listen to a wonderful chaos on Apple or Spotify or, you know, any of the other platforms, he spends a lot of time cutting out the content that isn't as interesting. It was nice because I think he asked me at first, like, is it okay if I cut out something? And I said, don't have to ask me, just cut it. If you don't find it interesting, Potentially, no one will find it interesting. Yeah, I'm trusting that if you don't find it interesting, no one else will. And so that's a beautiful way to live, right? Yeah. And he, and by the way, it's the same with Stephen Palmer, who edits the books, is that there were really stories I loved in, um, in both The Last Letter and The Wounded Healer. And when he went through the edit, he said, Andy, this story just isn't strong enough or it doesn't belong in this book. And there was really emotionally hard to, to surrender. But you know, in this case, you're going to laugh. I am surrendering to their bigger picture. I'm saying, Stephen, you know what you're doing. I trust you know what you're doing. If you say it doesn't belong in the book, it doesn't belong in the book. Mm. And Cass, the same difference. Cass, if you say it doesn't belong, then it doesn't belong in the podcast. So yeah, I've really, I, I, I do feel that when you, when you work with people, especially people that are good at what they do, then you have to surrender to their bigger picture. Well, if you're, if you're in alignment with them, potentially <clears throat> their bigger picture is in your benefit. So uh, yeah, clearly. Um, yeah. Should transition. Yeah, please. People that cannot find their bigger picture or are afraid to go into the bigger picture. Dream. Also. Would you even say dream? Yeah. They, they they don't have the capacity to dream big. Wow. Just because life has given them. They, yeah, they're surviving day to day. You don't even know. Their bigger picture is, can I go to sleep tonight and maybe not be in debt? Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I work out in the Wester Park uh, at five in the morning. And I've got my, you know, there's no one there. So I have my uh, my speaker on. Okay. And I'm listening to audio books on money, on, on lifestyle and on whatever. Yeah. And then... You've got this homeless person moving in, in the night, in the in, still dark, going through the garbage bins. And I've got this pumped up. <laughs> wow. And it's a little bit surreal in that moment. Yeah. Must be. Yeah. Homeless or not homeless, the quality of just being where you want to be doing what you're doing is something that's, it would be hard to, you couldn't judge someone and say, oh, they're not actually living whatever they want to be living. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And I, it's, I just find it. And I guess the reason why I say that is that it goes back to like, if I close my eyes, am I doing what I want to be doing? Yes or no. Yeah. And then if I'm not, then is there something I'd rather be doing? And then if I say yes to that, then the question is, what might that look like? And then you can go really far out. If you're Elon Musk, what it might look like is living on Mars. Or if you're somebody you're like, okay, it's earning 10,000 euro more next year than I earned this year. Hmm. The degree to which we dream is almost how willing are we to almost be crazy because it's crazy to think you could live on Mars in your brain or my brain, but in Elon's brain, it makes all the sense in the world. 
So in that way, we dream as far as we can dream. So it goes a little bit. It's, a, it's almost like you need to create new paradigms for yourself to yeah. live in. Yeah. And I'm sure it's true for you when you've gone through one iteration of having something that you felt was almost impossible to reach and then you reached it immediately your brain creates another foundation of confidence yeah and you can dream to the next level i mean i mean even when i started as a photographer i i, I kind of remember i had a shitty camera and i wasn't working <laughs> i i really i went to this national geographic photographer in holland yeah i remember and, that and i kind of didn't have money back then so i i i was in the train hiding in the toilet so i wouldn't get caught and and i i bugged this for this guy for like three months and, wow. he, and he says to me i'm like please let me come and work with you and he says call me back in two weeks i call him back in two weeks and he's like, I'm really busy right now. I'm writing a book. And I call him back a month later. And then somebody's like, you just don't stop, do you? I'm like, I'll come and clean your house. I'll walk your dog. He's like, I don't have a dog. Then we'll figure something out, you know? And, and then he said, just come. And when he saw my work, do you know what he said? What did he say? You have, like, your, your work sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you have no idea of composition, no idea about lighting, like, I can tell that you're an amateur and I know photographers who have an education and they still need to do a side job in order to sustain being wow. a photographer. So if, if you're even thinking that you have a, a chance in becoming a photographer, he said to me, forget it. Wow. His name was Hans. And like I love Hans. Five, five months later, wow. it was end of 2014 and I, through your guidance, we create the update your image. Yeah. And all of a sudden there was an income who liked my work. I, I called him up uh, from Cyprus cause I even went to Cyprus and I just said, Hans, guess what? Add one more to, to that list of full-time photographers. Wow. So, and, and if you send him, I bet you, if you send him your work, he'd say it still sucks. <laughs> you know because yeah. people often when they have that eye of that precision they always have a vision of how it should look yeah you know it's no different by the way i didn't say that for any oh, reason of course not and because the same is true for my work of writing like when i send my book to somebody who's really whatever a dictated writer is there the, the first thing is almost like it's not written the way a book is supposed to be written whatever that means yeah and i think i had to get over that as well as you had to get over that to say, hey, it's my expression. I'll do it the way I do it. And then if people are connecting to it, that's more important than if it's done right. Well, yeah. when we met, our, you know, I was going down the drain. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't paying my bills and our mutual friend kind of said, hey, Andy, I have a friend. Please yeah. talk to him. Yeah. I'm worried about him. <laughs> yeah, you were in a good, you were not in a good place. I, I just now. said, I'm going to be a full-time photographer or homeless. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's um, how much I wanted that dream to happen. Yeah. And I think because you were so clear on it, that obviously we talked about a lot on the show. I was very happy to s figure out a way to support you. Yeah. Because you were going to succeed. It's just a question of at what time, what, at what speed. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I, th I think 
at some point you told me you have to put a price. And before that, I was doing a lot of free work. Oh, is that right? <laughs> and I was like, how do I put a price on, on, on stuff that I create? Like, it's not good enough. I need an education still. Yeah. And we had that talk. He's like, forget the education. Like, what do you need right now to, to be a photographer? And I said, I need a studio. I need this and that. And then all of a sudden, uh, um, it, it came to be. Yeah. Isn't that funny? If we recorded, if we, if we, rec if we recorded two years prior to when we started doing this show, we would have had a reality TV show in your life because it would have been the trials and tribulations of trying to make it work. It, yeah. it was terrible. I, uh, I would, I mean, you were the only person I was talking to because I couldn't talk to any of my friends anymore because everyone was worried. Yeah. And judging me and telling me to get a real job. So you were the only one I was talking to. But I, it wasn't like I wasn't worried. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but you, we would say, hey, hey, Andy, I'm trying this. Or you say, okay, so why don't you try this? Yeah, and then yeah. I'd go out for a few weeks and I'd try it out. And, it, you know, nothing. And I, I'd call you. I'm on the streets and I'm crying. And I'm like, ah, oh, nothing is working. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, I, I would always be like, hold on. An experiment, if something works, is like a week or two. Like you go months sometimes where things won't work. I'm like, okay, let's let's <laughs> iterate. Let's iterate. You know, let's figure out how to improve on what we just did. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, when you'd go to the station, that was uh, that uh, you were you know you were offering at that time. What was it you were offering? Uh, iPhone workshop tours of Amsterdam. iPhone workshop tours of Amsterdam. And you said you'd be here attended every day and you weren't getting anyone to show up, I don't believe. Or... I, I, I'd go and stand outside um, Central museums, Station. hotels, and I'd give flyers out. I'd tell, you know. Yeah. And then I'd go there and then no one would show up. I was like, fuck. You were so dedicated. It's incredible. Yeah. <sighs> I cried a lot that year. Yeah. So before I'm mass photography, it was I capture Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember. It was Crappiest, crappiest logo ever. I don't even remember that logo. Better. Oh, wow. I mean, it's impressive if you think about it. Like, you are basically one of, if not the highest ranked photographer on Google in, the, in Amsterdam. Second. The second. Okay. And that's a lot. How many, how many reviews do you have? Two, 230, 230 reviews of your work on Google since you began. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I really paid attention to it though. Yeah. Cause I see other photographers, you know, they're 10, 25 reviews. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, but that's, that's just thinking about like the, the energy required to build up that reputation. And I think that people, you know, they say they want to be something and they don't realize that it, it takes so much time and determination and, and doing it continuously that it's so easy to say, Oh, I'm not getting what I want in the first year. And, mm -hmm. and I think I've often found if I do something, it might take me three years before it really starts kicking in. The funny thing is all the hotels that I approached, all the golden key concierge of yeah. Amsterdam that I approached the first year, they only contacted me two years ago. Yeah. So that was after four, four, four years. Yeah. After four years. Yeah. 
Bola Long, late to the party today, Bola Long. We've been waiting for you. He writes, one of the greatest gifts Biggest. one can give you is trusting in your ability to be great. That's really beautiful. Because I want to cr- cry when I read that, by the way. In our relationship, yeah. I didn't believe in myself. And through you, you helped me believe in myself. Yeah. You believed in me. Yeah. I, I couldn't see it. Yeah. And I have those people for me. So David Jacobs, who is a dear friend, and, and he's always been someone who's just trusted and said, you know what? what you're you're good at what you do so just dedicate yourself and it'll be great and and what i found so beautiful with was with both books he was so loving <clears throat> he bought a hundred copies of all, both of those books and he's on boards of several um of several companies and he gave a copy of each of the books to the people on the boards he was on. And he said, if you want to understand like what, uh, uh, like what's important to me and how I see the world or what I sort of see is beautiful, relevant, this is, it's encapsulated in these books. And for me, if there's an overwhelming feeling of like all along rights of the greatest gift that he has given me is trusting in my ability to be great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to David Jacobs. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty because if we look at life, when David gives me that gift of just the trust, then I have the gift that I can give to you and to others in my life. Yeah. And, um, and, and I notice it. And, and it just goes through me to others and yeah. in a way. That that's why I often say also with my family when I went there to heal the relationship with my mother, I said, "Yeah." So I, through me, you're actually experiencing Andy, but yeah, yeah, and yeah. Andy David. Yeah, and like I said to you, you'll often experience Case, my mentor, through me. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I think about him a lot as I do as I write because often the insights are things I learned while working with him and I laugh because for your new book or from the new book mostly well from all the books but especially from the new book and what I noticed about case was that and this is a trap that I've seen a lot of especially people in training or in um in coaching or mentoring sort of roles they they have this deep longing and desire to feel themselves being special. Mm. So they need to feel like they're doing something different. I'm unique. I'm not like all those other trainers. And what I noticed in that type of behavior, there's a degree to which you're separating and trying to elevate yourself, right? Subtly, even if you're not, even if you're not saying it, you are saying it, you're saying, listen, and by doing that, you make yourself less attractive. As a person. Yeah. It doesn't, sometimes people will project a lot of um, insight onto you. And then it goes into that thing we discussed on some, a lot of the other shows about you give over your agency to those people. If I say, Hey, I know something you don't. And if you don't come to me, you won't be successful in life. 
and all of a sudden you can say, hey, uh, I'm, I need you to, to be successful, and the person sort of loses connection, of course, like we discussed a lot. But what do you think about it, though? Because a lot of uh, success coaches say at some point, do hire a coach that can support you on your journey because, in a way, by investing in it, you already are in that process. So if the coaching costs 15,000 euros, you're already figuring out how to make that money to get that support. So already the mindset is being... The mindset is there, yeah. I'm of mixed. I'm mixed on this one. You know, I, you know me well enough to know. I, I tell po most of the people that come to me for training that they can save their money. Like, don't waste your money. But it's not altogether true, because yes, um, having someone you can call to discuss the challenges you're facing and make better decisions is going to be a value. Clearly. And holding you accountable. And holding you accountable. Now, the, the, the question is, is how capable are they of giving you an opportunity to start making those decisions better for yourself? Because if you always <laughs> need them to make the decisions and then you don't learn and have confidence in your own decision making, that doesn't help you in the long run. Because then when they're gone, it's not like you can continue yeah. benefiting from the insights So, in fact, a good coach will help you be, will make themselves redundant. I hope so. Yeah, that's what I would say. I, I'm coaching someone who's really, really busy. And, and I spoke to them, but they didn't act like they were busy. So I didn't quite understand. And they're CEO of a big company. And, I, and, I'm, and we have a call every other week. And, and I say to them, hold on. Why, why are, by the way, Like, don't you have other things to do rather than talk to me? Like, that was what I said to the person. And keep in mind, I get paid for these calls. So I'm, I'm just, and then they said, Andy, like, I need the call because I'm doing so many things. I need to check in on some of the assumptions I'm making, on some of the things and ways I'm problem solving, if you see any gaps. So in that way, those are the relationships I love mm. because It's somebody already taking full control and still being open to seeing where they might benefit from another set of eyes. And they trust you because you're not in the organization. You're not part of that yeah. structure. So, and, and I'm thinking as they know in their interest, no one else's interest, not even in the company's interest. Like if they tell me something and I know that they'd be better off not being in the situation in the company and I'd say, listen, I don't think you're, yeah, I think you're better off dropping out. So I'm not representing the interest of any, anyone other than that individual when I talk to them. Hmm. And not that I'm not also trying to align them with the vision of the company. That's not also, you know, but what I'm primarily there is to center them so they can decide what they really want. You hold both polarities. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I think that's the only way anyone can trust you is if you do that. Because if you start pushing someone to an agenda of trying to get them somewhere, they feel it, and then the relationship is gone anyways. Well, we're at our hour. Another day in the life of a wonderful chaos. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it that.